Hello, hello, hello. My name is Mitchell Buchanan, and this is the Sermon Podcast from the Church Community for God. I am joined by Bible teacher champion Greg Garner, and this is our chance to sit down together with our Sunday speakers. We want to hear their thoughts behind the sermon and how we can practically live this word out with one another as a church. This is episode one of our Thanksgiving series. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the church community for God's Sermon Podcast. In this podcast series, we will be reviewing the various sermons that went over the course of a month by different speakers that are correlative to the monthly value that we have at our church. This last month, the value was Thanksgiving. And we have with us today two of those speakers, Mr. Jeff Sherritt and Mr. Hey. Brett Madrin. And the guy over there that you see, who is very well prepared, Mitchell Buchanan. <laughs> so prepared. Is my co-host in this series. That's and right. I'm, I'm Greg Garner. Uh, we are super excited to be able to do this for you guys because I think the best conversations with respect to what happens on a Sunday morning come after the sermon. Yeah. And I know that you can ask a preacher, uh, you know, what are you speaking on this Sunday? And they can kind of tell you, but really the the words I want to hear from them happen after the sermon. And that's kind of what we're going to get a peek into, like their thoughts after the sermon, how they not just felt it went, but whether or not the message was communicated in the way that they intended it to be and whether it was received in that way. And then we can bring up clarifying points and then really just see where it goes from there as we continue the conversation. So this Church for G.O.D. podcast is focused on the sermon series itself. And for this month, it was the value of Thanksgiving. I'm going to go ahead and turn it over to my co-host, Mitchell, who's going to kick us off with a question. <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's going to do that next. First, we're going to hear from Brett and Jeff. Yep. And what I, what I was hoping you guys could do for everybody is give us a quick summary on your sermon. Like, what was your verse? What was it that you were trying to drive home in terms of a point related to Thanksgiving? And then we're going to turn it over to Mitch, who will be very well prepared Dude, for when that happens. Really. Massively prepared. <laughs> so prepared. Look Massively. at all these papers. <laughs> yeah, start? I'll, I'll start out. Yeah, um, so the, the passage I went over was Luke 17. This is the passage of the 10 lepers. Uh, and one comes back and, and gives his thanks uh, to Jesus for what happens. Um you know, I, I try to say even in, in the sermon that initially this might just come off like a miracle sermon. You know, like maybe I'm not saying just a miracle sermon, but that's my, how you read it is Jesus is awesome. Right. But there's so much subtlety, I think, in this passage. So there was several things I was trying to do, maybe a few things I was trying to do. Um, one was to draw this distinction between faith and thanksgiving, um, because that's the thing that gets noted by Jesus at the end is your faith has made you well. Mm. Uh, and so it kind of has you ask the question, like, what was the faith? that this man showed in this passage. You know, he was healed, he was with the other 10, but there's something distinct about him as opposed to the other nine. So that was something I was trying to do. Also draw a little distinction between uh, the being made well, uh, which is what Jesus says at the end, uh, and also being healed. Note that Thanksgiving can always happen. Right. It can always happen because uh, it's the work of God in our life that we can be thankful for. So yeah, those are some of the, the main points. 
Yeah, thank you, thank you yeah. for that. And I have a lot of questions for you okay. with respect to your, your sermon and the points you were making. So I'm excited to get into that. Yeah. Brett, give us a preview. Yeah, mine Summary. was mine was uh, 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. Uh, Rejoice always, uh, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. So uh, pretty straightforward text on the face. Um, I think with this with this exhortation, it's a tall order. Uh, the 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 sort of all encompassing qualifiers of always without ceasing in all circumstances. Uh, Paul Paul gives this, and I think there can be like a knee jerk reaction to like this is this is a very demanding text, and I think we have to get past that and recognize that uh, really the power in this text is us practicing these things and moving towards doing these things as disciplines uh, and yeah. and. And incorporating them and and seeing how doing these things actually will mature our perspective on whatever season of life we're going through. Um, and and I think uh, they they all require a choice. They all they all mm-hmm. are a decision to make. Uh, whether it's prayer, Thanksgiving, choosing joy, uh, there there's something that we have to make a decision about, regardless of kind of how we might feel in a particular moment. Yeah. So, thanks, Brad. Yeah. Yeah. Mitch, hit us with a question. What question? Could be any any number of them. I'm just messing. Greg, keeps, point, Greg keeps pointing out that I came prepared, which is somehow a negative in such context. <laughs> but oh, this is fun. I love I love doing this. Um, a question I had. I think we can just start with Jeff, which was kind of playing on Luke 17. So, um, in our accountability groups, we obviously want to spur people on to do better, to hold accountability. I'm like, hey, are you? engaging with the Lord? Are you living out your faith? Um, and I think Luke 17, it was that the Thanksgiving was an instrumental part for that man to be made well, <clears throat> not just to be healed. They were all healed, but I think him returning, it was that he was made well. So I think in our accountability groups, I was just trying to like think through like when we want to, I think, in, hold someone to account or if like, hey, someone's not doing well, which that can be so many people in the midst of uh, what life is throwing at them, if they're not doing well, how can we like urge them or push them to, I think, recognize that they can be made well through Thanksgiving. Like that man took initiative. He had to turn back, but it's not like, it's not something you can do for someone else. So I was just trying Mm -hmm. to think on like, not just a practical manner of like, Hey, how's it going? Like there's ways that we want to intercede for people, but it seems like it's hard to do that if they don't have that in and of themselves to want to be made well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I mean, I think just off the top of my head, uh, I do think that there is a correlation between Thanksgiving and, and faith. Right. Um, uh, and one of the things that I think we're always trying to do is push each other on to greater faith. And I think even in terms of how that works practically sometimes <coughs> is that, uh, and this is where complaint and grumbling can t- contrast Thanksgiving because complaint and grumbling when it's not accountable and it's just thrown out there. I think it's, Greg's used the word before, like disintegrating. Um, mm. You know, it kind of gets people into a pattern where they start to re- move away from social relationships. Uh, right. They're not engaging mm. the same way. Where faith and Thanksgiving, I think, does the opposite. It moves us closer to one another. And I think that's maybe a way that we can help each other to evaluate our words is like, hey, is this something that's moving you to greater social, you know, not just friend, like in a 
worldly sense, but friends in a biblical sense where we're together, we're serving one another, uh, we're supporting one another, we're loving each other day after day as long as it's called today. Uh, and I think that that's what should happen. And so we're making decisions, like Brett said, to practice Thanksgiving. And as we do that, hopefully the kind of integration that we have even in our accountability groups goes up. And so maybe that would be the accountability that I would say is like, if someone's just throwing out unaccountable complaints, what, where is this going? Like, mm. yeah, like if you're complaining to the person who can do something about it, that's one thing. But if you're not, like where, where does this go other than maybe just disintegration? But in this text, the, the lepers really don't have much to say about anything. Right. right? Yeah. They're just, uh, for the most part, recipients of something Jesus did right. until one voices Thanksgiving. So we don't really get that other side of the coin where we hear the complaining or the grumbling from these guys, though there was probably some of that based upon their life circumstance. I think it's easy to think that sometimes when people complain or grumble, they um, they don't have anything to complain and grumble about, but often people do. Yeah. There's something going on in their lives. Right. Right. For these guys, there was something there. But what's an interesting observation is that the text gives no voice to the complaining and grumbling, just the desire for them to be healed, to mm -hmm. be made well. Yeah. And I think another way to help people be accountable is to help them understand, and you, you, you pose it in your last question, like asking them where this is going, that while you have something to complain about, I think our culture uh, really emphasizes letting someone tell their story, letting someone's voice be heard. Uh, I'm not really seen unless I've I've like said all the terrible things that are happening to me, and it's like while while, while there's there seems to be some importance on that. This text does a real radical move and doesn't give any voice yeah. to that. We don't hear about their situation. We only have it labeled, and that's mm -hmm. also countercultural for us to just label something. Oh, uh, his problem is that he has. Uh, this label, you know, right. he, he's he's got a hyperactivity disorder. She's got trauma. Like, that feels bad to our culture. But yeah. in the text, it's like, they're lepers. Right, right. yeah. They're just classified <laughs> by this, you know, label. Yeah. I, I, whenever I think about text, I always go modern. And I just think how offensive this would be. Mm -hmm. Hey, let me tell you guys a story. There are these 10 ADHD guys. <laughs> just, Dude, they were very ADHD. Yeah, they're so ADHD. Yeah, yeah. They're but all going to respond by saying it's more complicated than that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah. then Jesus just told them, hey, why don't you guys go back to your therapist, take a test or something, mm -hmm. and, and find out that you can get off the meds or whatever it is. Yeah. Like everybody's already offended by my story. <laughs> right. <laughs> like right now. Yeah. But when we tell it about lepers and, you know, because – the, the leprosy was preventing them from the integrative health yeah. that comes from having community. And when you're asking about accountability, the, um, the, the, the I, I don't know, the text, Jesus's, Jesus uh, acts uh, surprised, maybe is the wrong word. Maybe there's a better word. He, he definitely comments and says, were there not right. nine others of you guys? Mm, yeah. where, where are they? And then, then he notes that this guy who's a Samaritan mm -hmm. is, is the one who comes and uh, turns the experience into something that does culminate in his wellness. So I, I, in trying to make sense of that with respect to accountability, my question for you guys is, like, is there a responsibility for us to recognize the work that someone else has done in our lives 
to bring about um, healing and restoration. And that without that expressive gratitude, uh, wellness is is um, not part of the formula. Like you don't get wellness unless you learn to turn back around. Because, you know, you, you look at life as we go through life, right? Yeah. I think for a lot of people, they go through life. They experience things, hardships happen, something creates in them a disintegrating experience. They now can be labeled by that thing. They get help from somebody, but then they move forward in life. And it's like, thank you for helping me. I'm now well, and I'm just going to go forward in life and move on with my life. But this text seems to highlight the one who stopped going in that direction, turned back around and uh, gave thanks and and have that like moment uh, with, with Jesus. So is it just limited to thanks to God? Does Jesus here represent anybody who's a, a son or daughter of God that is that God is using to bring about yeah. the kind of integrated uh, healing and wellness that people need? What do you guys think? Well, yeah, and that's what I try to say that, you know, because I think someone could say, well, Jesus is God. And I want to say, yeah, we know that. Um, but to what degree would the leper have known that? Yeah. Is that the point of that the story is trying to well, say? Well, we know the leper wouldn't. Right. Yeah. So it, it seems like the communication would be that this is a thing to the the child and or the you know the son or daughter of God who has yeah. done something, instead of just you know. But how often do we redirect people? Like in terms, because I think your question is good, Mitch. Like yeah. yours is pragmatic, and I like having you on the show because I'm going to be probably more conceptual, and you're going to be more pragmatic <laughs> about things. That's but it's sure. like you're you're talking about our accountability groups. And I get that we can move people to identify when they're complaining and grumbling. But again, people feel the need to tell their story yeah. and, and it's going to culminate in a label. And we just kind of got to get o- over ourselves. Mm-hmm. You know, like I can say my last couple of years has definitely been characterized by elements of grief, like yeah. deep forms of grief. And, uh, you know, that's what it is. Uh, but I also want to be well. And and I think that there, that moving forward in life, I, I, sh- I, sh- I should... Like the accountability I need is for me to turn back around and then go say thank you to the people that mm-hmm. have allowed me to still be a part of their world. Right. Yeah. To be, you know, like that's like that's a really healthy practice. Yeah. Like, I think even I think your last statement made me think there's part of the an accepted part of the the story, the narrative is that they're lepers. They clearly know they're lepers. You brought that up. Like the whole town knows they're lepers. <laughs> Jesus does. So I think even if it's like, hey, I have my hurts. This is where I'm coming from. If that's all concealed and it's not like being vulnerable, if it's not in the open, I think there is a power in just accepting like, hey, this is like where I lack. This is like where I've been hurt. This is where I have trauma, whatever the, the mm-hmm. line is. And it's like being able to, I think, see your worldview in so far as like, I am in need. I have this thing. If we come, even as practicals, come to our accountability groups and we're just shrouding whatever our hurts is or whatever our pains are, and we're not willing to say, hey, I'm going to put my cards on the table. Mm. I'm a leper in these ways. Or it's like, hey, I am addicted to my phone or I'm addicted to this. It's like, I've one of my accountability groups, I had to tell them I sleep on the couch five nights a week. I was like, I feel okay with it, but it's really not normal. I don't know. (laughs) But unless we, I think we have like literally revealing those warts that we have, that it's like, I don't think we can find the, we can't be made well unless I think we're staring down like all those issues and allowing someone to like reflect back and help. And I think, you know, the interaction is uh, such a part of that because we, we can only imagine to what degree we have our problems or imagine to what degree 
we are a leper, but when someone else is able to minister to us and able to like engage in that, mm. I think we can find like that, that healing. It's so moment. interesting yeah. too. Jesus is very comfortable with the labels or at least Luke is right? right. So if he's not a leper, he's a Samaritan, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> like it's just real yeah. broad <laughs> labels on the people. So I was wondering like now that he's, he's both healed and well, will he be known as the guy who used to be a leper? Who's a Samaritan? Like, how do you understand yeah. that? Because I'm thinking about other people, like you were talking about folks who have like addictions and stuff or or certain kinds of labels. I I know that that's so much part of their story mm -hmm. that they they even celebrate the fact that they yeah. um, have overcome. Mm. Yeah. You know, they they maybe w what were an out were was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. And it, so now they're like, I'm 10 years sober. Right. Or whatever it is. Right. They're not an alcoholic now. But then some people will be like, but you are. You're always an alcoholic once mm -hmm. you're an alcoholic. So you're an alcoholic who's not done alcohol in 10 years. You know, the identity is still yeah. tied mm -hmm. right. to the thing. So, like, does 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 wellness uh, resituate the label? Like, this one being a Samaritan, was, was, was Jesus just highlighting for us the fact that this guy comes from uh, an... Because, you know, there are theological implications here, right? Yeah. One of the theological implications is that the Samaritans didn't believe in the Davidic covenant. And so they're, they're, the thought that the temple in Jerusalem would be the legitimate place for forgiveness and cleansing uh, specified in Solomon's work, mm -hmm. it to them is is illegitimate. Right. Right? So right. the Samaritan, he he's... he's, he's <laughs> 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 to them, that would have been the case. So, so the Samaritans, they they were more onto on the the Moses and and the prophets, yeah. And so they, their their theology makes it so that what Luke's trying to present, or any of the gospel writers, in Jesus as like that mobile tabernacle for God. Uh, I mean, just a a few, I guess, twelve chapters before this, you you do have um, everybody at Jesus going to houses, people being at Jesus's house, right? There's that mobile tabernacle dwelling thing. Anyways, back to the point. So if if we are um, thinking about Jesus utilizing labels as these lepers, there were 10 of you, where's the other nine? And now you, this one being a Samaritan. Do Is there like a, a reversal here of the labeling? Like once you became a leper, were you no longer a Samaritan? Do people look at you as a, a leper Samaritan? Or are they just like, you're now, you're, the leper is the thing that you are. <laughs> right. Like it's the dominating, mm. characterizing trait mm. of who you are. But now he's like, and now there's a Samaritan. It's like, and is that a is that condescending or is that an insult or is that like a, a revisiting his his identity? Yeah, uh, you know, like you're you're. I don't even I don't see you as leper anymore. I now see you as Samaritan. Uh, I like because there's still a characterization to him. Are you guys getting my flow here? Like, yeah, yeah. I'm with so you. you have people who were alcoholics. Mm -hmm. They get sober. Like, are are we supposed to still call them alcoholics? Even though they're 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 sober, or is there a peeling back there where they're now like a mother, or a, well, I don't know, some other kind of yeah, label? Yeah, maybe we that's do. More on the face. My sense, and I'm trying to think through this. I think it's a great question because the um, integrating component, right? Like yeah. you talked about, the wellness element is the social integrating right. uh, aspect of the text. Is that labeling part of that? Yeah, and I I don't know. I'm I'm really interested in this. I I. I appreciate sometimes, even if we're thinking about like, you know, the lessons that come from AA where someone's like, you know, I'm an alcoholic, but I've been sober for 10 years. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I think yeah. that it's because it, to me, it doesn't continue to label them simply an alcoholic, but someone who has overcome 
but still has proclivities. And I think that that being part of their identity. So this goes back to your point that you don't have to be healed to be well. I think that we're, this is, I think part of my point was that we all, healing is, is temporary. You know, it's like, uh, we're, cause we're, we're, or may not, or may not come or it may not come. Yeah. The way that we, we think. And if that's going to be the, con- if we're waiting on something that we've decided now, the thing that's hard in this passage is that they were healed. So like, you know, and I think that's where you do think about it. It's like, well, the example we get here is that they are made well, they are clean. <laughs> so we don't have the counter example, um, here. So, cause, cause I was thinking based on your sermon and based on the text, and and I mean, I heard people in the congregation, amen, real quickly when you're like, so can you be uh, made well and not be healed? And I heard a lot of people amen that. And so there's there's apparently either faith that is geared towards that kind of belief in, in our church or people have had that experience. And so they're agreeing that that's they're testifying to that truth. But in this text, you're right. They are healed, but not everyone is made well. Right. And that, you know, the, it was the faith that made them well, because you do make the distinction between wellness and healing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the faith that makes well, because we do know that it was not their faith that made them healed. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. That was Jesus's faith. Jesus yeah, is right. the one who did that. Yeah, they... Their faith did not make them healed, but their faith, his faith, the one guy's faith made him well. And so if the, the wellness is the integrating criteria. Like how does, how does one... Um, demonstrate that wellness. So you take our example again, where, yeah, we can all appreciate the testimony of overcoming, but then you bring up that they may still have this proclivity towards alcohol. So in that case, are they healed? I guess they're not, but they're well enough that they can re-engage social scenarios that might bring about that temptation and they they not um, engage in the temptation. How, how, do, how does that work? I mean, I th- I think that if <laughs> I'm just laughing, if, at if, it. I think we're if, we're approaching Jeff like he was an alcoholic. Like Jeff has been. Well, let me tell you my experience, <laughs> dude. We're just using that as an example. <laughs> yeah. There's there's, well, there's so a, many other examples here. Let's, we can talk about your couch sleeping proclivities. <laughs> I guess tread lightly, tread lightly, <laughs> Garner. <laughs> or addiction to the phone, or addiction to yeah, social right, media. Right, Any right. anything that like yeah. right. This is a placeholder. For the conversation, whatever the label is, for sure. There's a this Jeff made the point. There's a distinction here between the healing and the wellness. And I just kind of want to find out how that works. Because if you are going to keep someone accountable to that, do, do you um do you let someone keep noting their that that label connected to their their ailment, their their illness, uh, even after they're they're healed or well? Like, do can I like if I have a, so if I can be well without being healed, uh, and let's say that my issue, we'll, we'll pick a different one. Uh, my my issue is that I have OCD. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I'm a, I'm an OCD kind of guy. Okay, and um, I'm I'm well because I'm integrated back in with everybody. Right. But I I'm not healed because I still have the tendencies. Do you still treat me like an OCD person? Do I still treat myself like an OCD person? Yeah. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's – I don't know. I'm trying to think through like the difference maybe between alcoholism and OCD. It, 
I'm just trying to find yeah, something I'm, I hear what you're where a person is is labeled or identified by that very thing that prevents them from integration, right? Or can prevent them from yeah. from being integrated in, in with with other people. You know, if you're an alcoholic and you get invited to one of Jesus's weddings and he turns everything into wine, mm. that could feel that might feel a little rough to you. Yeah, you're like Jesus, why'd you do that? <laughs> you know, you know my condition, right? Or whatever it is. Or you know, on the other side, people. Engage and integrate into those situations all the time, and they demonstrate elements of self control. I, I just, I, I think we live in an age where everybody's trying to self diagnose. Mm -hmm. Everybody's trying to find out what's the thing that's keeping me uh, from from living my fullest life. I must have some kind of problem because things aren't right. working out. Mm. And how come I don't have a lot of friends? How come I can't? Um, have that one person that's there for me that I can confide in. We look on social media and we see people have birthday parties and they're being celebrated for this and they're being invited out to this dinner and we're like going, you know, what about me? What is making me the leper in this scenario? Oh, it must be my fill in the blank kind of thing. I have uh, anger issues. I I have to work so much and we don't have expendable income, so I can't, whatever it is. Yeah. I, I'm, just, I'm just curious about what Jesus did here that made this guy well, but it was again his faith. Yeah. Because Jesus did the healing. This guy's faith is noted by Jesus as making him well. So what responsibility do we have when we're labeled as something to now um like by faith move into a position of wellness, which culminates apparently in Thanksgiving? You know, I, yeah. I it's it's there there has to there seems to be some ownership that the individual has to take over their 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 wellness scenario they're integrating for sure right. for sure i think the the so do we keep people accountable to that like bro i know that you you aren't wanting to um get into social situations or be around people like that but man let's get well here come mm. on out come mm. out to this thing mm -hmm. like, go ahead I, I interrupted you no i was just gonna say i think the the thanksgiving element becomes part of the story you tell as a person on the other side of experience experience healing and uh, I'm not sure about the label thing yet, but I think at least on the other side of healing, you you have a story to tell from that point forward. And part of that story is your 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 thankfulness for having been healed, and that becomes a testimony moving forward to to other people. So I, I it my sense is that the label after the healing feels unhealthy, and I don't. I haven't worked all that out, obviously, but it feels like a person could still kind of cling to that or feel like, oh, people misunderstand me if I keep being labeled in that way versus, yeah, I used to be that way. I experienced healing, thankful for that, for these people that, that helped me work through that. But I am a different person on the it other feels side like that. It feels like for in society that after healing – the label will still exist. It'll still affect you. You know, it's like, I think even in John nine, the man who was blind is like made to see, like he goes to the temple and like, Hey, weren't you blind? Like people have an association that's very strong yeah. with a label that's been attached to you, whether sure. even if it's like procrastinate or whatever it is like, Hey, people are going to see you through that lens for a while until they get a new like normative bit, set for yeah. them. So I think, it's natural for that to exist in society. I think for a person who has been healed, a person who has been healed, 
I think to continue to like understand their life through that same lens is inaccurate. It's like they don't have that issue anymore or they, they've been healed from that issue. They shouldn't see themselves through that same prism. Does that make sense? I had a quote from Jeff or O'Dowell I was going to bring up. I think it's along these lines. It's there's a distinction between being healed and being made well. We thank God because we don't always know what has been done in our lives. So it's, I think the thankfulness along the way, even during, as you're labeled a leper, you're, we're thankful of all that God has done in our life, of how God is continuing to, to move in our life. And then even after healing, that thankfulness carries us through to being made well, that we're like, you know, been reintegrated and we have like a different sense of, of who we are. I think we're um, made whole in that way. So I think it's that marker of like, whether I'm labeled as the guy on the couch who I used to do it, or if I like still slept on the couch a few nights ago, probably did <laughs> that. Um, I'm thankful throughout the whole process. I'm thankful during like while I'm in that affliction or while I'm being affected up until after I've been healed, I'm still thankful. And like that thankfulness is what's driving my faith and driving me to being made well that I'm not, even if I may still do that, I'm not the same person. I'm not restricted to what that label means. I'm not blind anymore. I can see, so I shouldn't be held to that. And I think it's that, I think what you kind of mentioned is that we're, we're thankful. We thank God because we don't always know what's been done. Like whether we feel like we're under the tyranny of this label or we've been brought out, if we just continue to demonstrate thankfulness, it'll engage our faith where that label won't hold the power it, it used to. Yeah. That's a thought I had at yeah. least. Yeah. I, and I think, in, I think to clarify, at least from what I was trying to say, just so I don't diminish it, is that I think healing is important in the passage, right? Jesus shows mercy, they request it. Healing is important. Um, what I was trying to bring up is that, you know, I think part of it, the, the kind of faith and thankfulness that the, the Samaritan shows at the end is part of a mindset that hopefully he just has and it's not triggered by... So, so let me just ask it real clearly then. Can you be well and not be healed? Yes, that's what I'm saying. And, and how how did you get that from the text again? Because they were all healed. They were all they were all healed. Yes, but at the same time, I think that this guy. It's not like he's never going to experience any kind of calamity again. It's not like he's he's done with sickness for the rest of his life. There's going to be something that's going to happen to him again. That I think that he could even based on that experience and meeting Jesus, experience wellness in how he acts. And I think part of that comes from the mindset that we have, that we know that we have everything that we need for life and godliness. Um, like we're making decisions by faith to say, I have experiences in my life that I don't experience healing or that I don't feel like it's been done. I'm asking God and it hasn't happened. Maybe we're, I don't know, you know, exactly how we're interpreting, you know, Paul's request to remo remove the thorn, but then still experience that the, the kind of wellness that can happen and um, and I, I get what you're saying from like a theological standpoint where we can synthesize a bunch of text, but in this text in particular, it, it just seems difficult to make that claim when all of them are healed. Yeah. Yeah, because we don't have a counterexample. You're right. Yeah, because I, I just I wonder what that does for someone um in terms of understanding wellness and healing, because I guess the implication is is healing a prerequisite for wellness. And your your answer would be no. My answer is no. Right? And which is great. Um and the the, the text however has people healed 
but it also makes a distinction between them being healed and them experiencing wellness. Right. So we can put together that they're two different things. Yeah, they have to be. Right. And then that, so then it's the faith of the individual that demonstrably has Jesus noting wellness. Right. And that faith was demonstrated in Thanksgiving. Yeah. So that's how we synthesize your point, right? That um, if if we want to focus on wellness, wellness is going to be on the other side of turning back around, going to those in our lives who are the children of God who have contributed towards our healing, even if the healing hasn't fully taken place. I, I was curious to look at the text too in the Greek because it does have that kind of continuous phraseology of as they were on the way. Uh, on the way, You yeah. know, mm-hmm. on the way. So I was curious, did, I don't know if you looked at it, but you know, there's the verb tense that allows for us to examine that maybe, you know, we don't have it in English uh, where, uh, you know, that 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 uh, aorist consideration where like something has happened and is happening. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we don't know how to, we don't have a way of parsing that out or right. spelling it out mm-hmm. in English. That makes sense. So I was wondering if you you took a look at that because that wouldn't probably make more sense to me that as they were on their way, they were having this experience of healing. Right. And while this guy realized that he was being healed, because that's the way you would translate it, right? Yeah. Being healed. Being healed, yeah. Mm-hmm. That while he realized he was being healed, he turned around to give thanks. And so I wonder if, if you know, our healing journey, um, which is going to culminate in wellness it is going to be excited by turning around, stopping in our tracks on this process of healing to offer Thanksgiving. Because I know as, uh, you know, in 2018 diagnosed with stage three cancer, um, I, and I focused on the healing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, my diet changed. I lost 50 pounds because I dropped sugar and carbs and, and like my sociability went out the window because mm. I was just doing therapies 30 hours a week. And, and like, I just really focused on the healing, but I the the wellness happened when my my wife encouraged me and encouraged my friends around me that I needed time to have a, a social outlet mm-hmm. and, and to, to just have because uh, because uh, even my therapist at the time said I could do nothing meaningless and I said I can if it's meaningful <laughs> and so Tara Tara like like awesome. uh, told me we're gonna have uh, meaningful meaningless fun and uh, we we just started doing some things together and. There, there, there. I had to enact faith because the people that were around me, I, I had to s- stop seeing them as distractions from my road to healing or just, you know, uh, utility players on my road to healing. Like mm-hmm. Kristen's making my juices, Julie and Catherine are making juices, mm-hmm. and I'm getting meals from All the these families, you know, like instead of just seeing them as utility players on my way to healing because my healing's way over there and I'm running for it, like. I want to stop yeah. on this on this journey of healing, turn around, say thank you mm. to everybody, right. and then feel the integrating wellness. And and I think that's what changed in me uh, after that first uh, year. It it um it, I was different after mm-hmm. that. But just concentrating on my healing. When I look at these lepers here, that's what I see them doing. They're just like, let's just keep concentrating on this healing journey. We're gonna go all the way to the temple, right? And, but there's this one guy who turns around turns it into Thanksgiving, and then Jesus notes that kind of faith, which then makes him well. Anyways. I think that's a great consideration. You know, I, th- I mean, the text seems to 
it says and on the way, you know, yeah, so yeah, noting yeah. that there's this process there's that they're all in. Because mm-hmm. even for you after that year, maybe you're not totally healed. No, I wasn't. But you're not- you're like saying, but I'm going to do something different like yeah. right now. It's like it's not just the destination that I'm going to. Right. And and and, and I didn't stop myself. Like uh, we have this video that was about, I don't know, seven, eight months after my big accident in 2011. And we were leading worship for a few thousand kids over in um, I was on the other side of Murfreesboro at uh, Embassy Suites, and I, you could. <laughs> <laughs> I would not have guessed Embassy. I, we they could, have big conference hall. We could be there. here for three hours. I would not have guessed Embassy Suites <laughs> on the other side. I just of... remembered it. So, um, anyways, we we're playing there, and you could hear the kids because someone was recording with the camera or their phone camera, and um, one of my kids just goes, "Daddy's, Daddy's jumping, Daddy's jumping," because mm. I just got back into the band. Mm. And I remember f- feeling like, man, I don't know if I can do this, <laughs> but I was like, I'm going to do it. And then in doing that, it ignited in other people uh, a rejoicing. We're together. Yeah. yeah. And and for me, it was like, I was just so thankful to be there, to be with, um, be, be doing that again. But I, I, I didn't, I mean, I remember feeling super sore <laughs> the next day and yeah. I, I was like, man, I'm going to pay for this for, for a couple of weeks. But I, I think that, um, it goes to your point that wellness and healing, uh, they, 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 healing does not have to happen in its fullness. But I do think there's a journey of healing that starts. Right. I'm not sure that it has to be completed. Because here's what I would hate. I would hate for somebody to, to, to hear this and, and go, I don't need to be healed to be well. And then they stop their healing journey that, because right. they're just like, that would also they're just like, I, don't, I just want to focus on being well now. I don't think I don't think that's the intent of the text. I don't think so right? either. I think I think the intent of the text is to say on your healing journey you can be well. Yeah. And I uh and I think even when you brought up Joni Erickson Tata, that's what I hear. Right. Cuz yeah. cuz like there there were some things that were done to her that were irreversible. Right. Right? And she she um had to do rehabilitative things to even express herself in the ways yeah. that she learned to, which is part of her healing journey. Yeah. yeah. And she's right? like she put in work for she's sure. put yeah. in huge amounts of work. Yeah. yeah. But you could hear the wellness in her faith. Right. At, which was like thankful for life, thankful for the people around her. Mm-hmm. So that 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 that's I'm not trying to be a pain in the butt here. I'm just trying no, to no, I think like it's, really I think emphasize. it's important that we're not like having people who are in a situation where they're like, hey, pray for me. I'm sick. And we're like, well, that's not what this is about. Right. That yeah. would be the worst. Because that, that, right. God is, Jesus shows merciful, his mercy here and healing. Yeah. 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 And that's like, that's, we're learning from Jesus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Know, so. so I just think I like think... emphasizing a healing journey. Like yeah. I'm on my journey of healing. And in the meantime, I can exhibit the kind of faith that's demonstrable through Thanksgiving, mm. especially when I stop focusing on the healing journey and turn around and thank God and thank others who have been yeah. a part of this healing journey, that there's there's some integration that's going to happen right. that will right. be very good for everybody. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, I think well even a, a statement like if you want to be made well, it always has to start with you like pushing to be healed, you know, or like a, right. an inter- interconnection like that where it's like there is that personal like you have to all the 10 lepers were there calling towards jesus like mm-hmm. they weren't inactive totally they were calling out and it's like everyone should be having that initiative to like hey i need to be healed like i need to have that vision yeah and like that goal that purpose mm-hmm. now whether everything like you i think you brought up a couple of times like we're not always going to be 100 percent healed of everything like we're always going to have some calamity or thing happening but it's like we're striving to be healed. And in that striving, I think, is where we come, our our faith and our, I think how you said it, like 
that thankfulness excites and like animates us towards like, Hey, like I can like, I'm not just stuck with this ailment that like I'm moving towards being made well. And like the, you know, Jesus recognizes like you are made well because of your faith. So it's like, that's really that inner, that interplay of like Mm. our initiative that we're bringing towards, I think this process of our faith and how we're like living it out. It's super cool. Hey, I know you got a roll, man. We're going to let you go because we still oh. need to talk to Brad about a yeah. couple things. Love you, bro. Thanks so much, guys. Love you, Thank guys. Thank you, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff Sheridan, everybody. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. He had a hard out. He had a hard out. He's got a very important guest. Love you, man. Thank you so much. Tell those guests we said hey, all right? I can't wait to find out who it was. You have no idea what Jeff's doing. He is making things up. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast from the Church Community for God. Wherever you are listening, leave us a five-star review and subscribe for future episodes. More than anything, keep pushing these conversations in your homes, your hangouts, and your texts. We want this word to carry all of us everywhere we go until we see you back at church again.